What's going on, Godly Dating family? Appreciate you guys tuning in another Thursday to listen to the Godly Dating 101 podcast. It's your boy, Tavares. And if you are new, consider subscribing, giving it five stars if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. If you want to support this podcast because you love it, you've been hearing every episode, you want to pour into this ministry, decide to check out our Patreon. The link will be in the description box. For those who decided to wipe out every single shirt we had left in our merch store, <laughs> we appreciate you guys. <laughs> we're, we're, we weren't planning on selling anything else really until 2021. Um, so stay tuned for that. Pray for us. We're trying to do everything decency and in order. We want to give you guys the best quality. We don't want to just throw stuff out there. And and yeah, so I'm trying to figure out my new work schedule, you know, because I'm trying to start a sermon series. I'm trying to do more godly dating. But for now, you know, you guys keep tuning into the podcast. So I appreciate you guys. But enough with the intro. My lovely wife isn't here, but I know she sends her regards. And let's dive into another episode. So in episode 51, we addressed the the women that I believe that godly men should try to avoid. And now today we want to talk about, I want to talk about the types of men for Christian women to avoid. So if you're a man, you're a man listening to this, um, my advice is to continue listening so you can know the type of man that you should not be. And if you're a lady and you're listening to this, I want you to know the type of man you need to not entertain, the man that you need to avoid, the man that if you are still in a relationship with and it's seven years and you're wondering where marriage is going, this is the guy you need to be avoiding. Not even in my notes, but I feel like some woman is wasting her time with some guy right now. So whoever that is, let the Holy Ghost speak to you. <laughs> I pray that you will drop their relationship. Um, but for what is in my notes, let's get there. Uh, my first point is, and if you listen to the last episode, I don't want it to sound repetitive, but there are some foundational things that I have to say. Um, first of all, if that man isn't in love with Jesus, then that is a man for you to avoid. I know that just burst some bubbles. I know I'm going to get some DMs again. And trust me, I'm not going to respond to it because there's already so many people I'm trying to respond to. Um, but if that man isn't serving God and you are, what does that man add to your life? You see, because as a woman of God, you need someone that is going to bring value. You need someone that is going to cherish you and treat you the way that God wants you to be treated. And if that man doesn't have a relationship with God, then how does he know how to love you in a godly manner? Because we look at the world, we look at different celebrities and we look at different things and we try to figure out, oh, how do I, you know, how do I get that relationship? Man, I want to get like them. Man, I wish I had a love like that. And it's just like, no, you don't. Um, you want something that feels great, but you need a relationship that honors God, a relationship with someone that pushes you closer to God. And ladies, if that person doesn't have a walk with God, then they're not helping you get towards your purpose. They are not helping you get towards what God has planned for your life. They may benefit you in some way. Maybe maybe we have some shallow standards and, oh, this person put me on a job. And it's like, okay, cool. Can he help your soul um, flourish? Can he help your children live a godly life? And that's what you're going to get from a man who loves God. You know, and, and sadly, I see this more with godly women. You know, they'll try to change the guy. They'll say, you know, they'll only date him if he gives his life to Jesus. And, you know, the guy starts attending service. But what they don't realize is he started attending church, but he still hasn't surrendered his life to Jesus. So he's in the church building, but he doesn't love God. 
Yeah, you, you found yourself a guy who decided, okay, I'm going to join the choir, the praise team. I'm going to serve at my local church. But he's never really committed himself, but he's there because you're with him. And the moment you two stop talking, then they're gone. Not out of the church, but gone from prayer, gone from reading their word. And that's not what you want. You want someone that will be rooted in God's word so that when times are rocky, they have a foundation. You guys have a foundation to lean on. Um Amos 3 and 3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? So you have to think about it. You're saved. You're born again. You're you're filled with God's spirit and you're on your way to heaven. This person who was not saved is not on their way to heaven. I, I know they, I know that I know he's good looking. I know he has that perfect beard. I know you think ah, oh, he got those chiseled abs and I know you're impressed. But if he's not going towards heaven, why are you walking with him? Why would I why would I put my 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 spiritual growth um, on hold, or why would I put my relationship with God on pause because his brother is good looking, you know? And that's what a lot of sisters do, and that's a very dangerous place to find yourself, you know? And in my point of view, if this person is supposed to be leading you, if he's supposed to be leading the home, he's supposed to be leading the family, he needs to have, he needs to first be being led by God himself. And this brother needs a relationship with God for himself, not just to be with you, but for himself. He needs to be seeking God for himself, not seeking God to post something on social media to look safe, because a lot of brothers do that knowing they're going to impress you. But you need someone who's going to be producing the spiritual fruit to prove that they're worth um, they're worth your time. And you need to look at it that way. It's not a matter of being stuck up, sis. You need to know that you are a prize. You need to know that if the Bible says that the man who finds a wife finds a good thing, he gets favor from God. You need to understand your favor being added to his life. And he needs to not take that for granted. You know, so I'm not saying godly men don't make mistakes because they definitely do. But how much more would your relationship lead to confusion if God isn't even involved in it? You know, so if you're in a godly relationship, you're with a, a, a godly person, they can stumble. But if you're with someone who doesn't even have a relationship with God, then imagine how much worse that is. You know, Adam was walking with God and didn't stop Eve from falling into deception. And we see that, that that can happen with a godly person that you're with. We see that Abraham was a good man. We see that he was the the, the faithful um, Abraham, and he, but he was still willing to compromise his wife so he didn't get killed by Pharaoh and the Egyptians. He's like, hey, Sarah, you know, just tell these people that you're my sister, because if they find out you're my wife, they're going to kill me, and then they're going to take you to be their spouse. And so he was willing to compromise God's plan for his life. He was willing to compromise his future. He was willing to compromise his wife all because of, because of fear. No, no, no. Listen, you need someone who's dedicated to God because they won't compromise in these situations when temptations arise. And, and obviously this goes without saying, but unfortunately I have to keep saying it because people are going to keep doing it. But non-believers, the Bible says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness what communion have light with darkness? And then, sorry, that was 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14. And if you jump to verse 17, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and now will receive you. So these verses couldn't get any more clear. You know, don't be mixed together with unbelievers. And that's not saying you can't have unbeliever friends, or you can't have family members that are unbelievers, or when someone's an unbeliever, you just cut them off. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is you shouldn't be connected to them in a certain way that because it will lead you astray. It will stop you from going into your purpose. You know, 
So that shows us that God doesn't want us thinking we can date and convert people. You can't just date someone into the kingdom. Like, no, they have to surrender their life to God first. They can't just date you and then you're like, oh, okay, well, when we get married, he'll change. Because I know of a lot of people who said that. And while you guys may be listening and ignoring me, I'm seeing a lot of messages. And I know of a lot of friends. And I know of a lot of acquaintances that they fall into the situation thinking the person was going to get saved, but the person married them and now they're going to church alone. Person married them and now they drop the church front and they don't go to church. They're clubbing every week. They're doing whatever. So while you're serving God, they're not doing it. You know, so God says to separate yourself before he can receive you. You see, I mentioned a verse that says, don't be unequally yoked. And then it says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. So God says, before I can receive you as my child, you need to separate yourself from the world. And if you want to be received unto God, you have to stop dating people that are in the world because there's a separation. There's an unclean thing that God can't be mixed with. A holy God can't get mixed with an impure world. And that's what happens when we date people that are in the world and we don't allow them to be saved. We don't allow God to work on them. We just date them, assuming God is fine with it. But in reality, that's not really the case. Number two, which is very obvious, a lustful man. Ladies, you must avoid the lustful man. <laughs> There's a couple guys in scripture. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 2, there was a priest by the name of Eli. He had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And I always thought it was weird when I found out there was a guy in the Bible named Phinehas because, you know, I found that out after watching Phinehas and Ferb. And then I wondered, I wonder if that's where they got the idea. <laughs> but anywho, um, so 1 Samuel 2 and 12 says that they didn't know the Lord. And the NLT version said that they had no respect for the Lord and um, or any respect for their calling as priests. And if you know about priests, priests were the people that were separated. Those were the consecrated people. Those are the, the people, you know, carrying God's glory, carrying God's presence. And and these people, they didn't even care that they were called to be priests. They were doing whatever they wanted. Bible literally mentions they were sleeping with women in the church. Like they would meet the women at the door of the church and they would try to seduce them and they would try to make moves on them. And and obviously God killed these brothers, you know, long story short, <laughs> you know, in case any of you got any bright ideas and thought you were about to go have sex in church and thought God doesn't care. Um, but so these guys were doing whatever they wanted. Um, and it shows that they didn't respect God. They didn't respect the ministry God had for them. And that that's something I want to show you, ladies. If he won't respect God, he's not going to respect you. I need you to process that. If God says, to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says, I'm only going to love God on Sundays, but Monday through Saturdays, we wilding out here in these streets. And that's his mentality. Not even to please God, but I'm going to do whatever I want. When I'm not at church, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm not going to obey no scriptures. I'm not going to read any scriptures. We about to go pull up. We about to go drink something. We about to go smoke something. That's the, that's the mentality that he has. And he completely disregards God throughout his entire week. Uh, he wants to go sleep around. He wants to go have sex. He's watching pornography. He's doing all these things and he's driven by lust. This lustful guy is just driven by lust. It's a lustful spirit behind him. And you think if he doesn't respect God, he's going to respect you? Oh, no, sis. If God calls a brother to a life of purity, which he does all of us, but right now I'm just talking about men. But if God calls us men to a life of purity and we won't be faithful to that, Trust me, we're going to lead you to lust also. And I'm going to say we, because I don't want the brothers to make to feel like I'm, I'm I'm attacking them. I know what it means to be that lustful guy leading women into lust. So I know that God had to work on me and God is still working on me every single day. It's not like I'm immune to this because I'm married, but 
it's an issue when men are driven by lust and then a woman pretends it's not a big deal. Ladies, I'm telling you from a guy's perspective, it is a big deal. You cannot allow that man driven by lust, that man who doesn't think about you all day, but 11 p.m. when he's horny, 1 a.m. when he's bored. Oh, what you doing, baby? Okay, you want to send some pictures? You want to get on FaceTime? Like, you have to be careful when you're entertaining certain people. And you have to ask God for a man that walks in integrity, not just a man that walks in church. There's a lot of men running around the church. There's a lot of men in, in all kinds of ministries in the church, and they're doing whatever they want to do. There's a lot of men that are preaching and having sex with people that aren't their spouse. There are a lot of men that are singing, and then they're using that same mouth to go slander someone. There are a lot of men who who they're prophesying and, you know, whatever, whatever they want to call themselves in regards to ministry. And then they get out of church and they're gossiping, get out of church driven by lust and get out of church and going right back to pornography. So it's not necessarily, does that man attend church? Ladies, every person struggles, but you have to understand you need to see fruit. And the fruit that you need to be seeing is some holiness, some purity, some modesty, some something of, of self-worth, some respect. Because if this brother is going to be driven by lust, trust me, he's going to pull you with him. You know, it's not something whereas he's going to say, oh, you know what? I'm struggling with porn, but don't worry, baby. I'm, I don't want to have sex. No, he's going to want to. And guess who he's going to want to have it with? You. Like you can't escape that, you know, and I honestly think and this this is not something I think for like first time hanging out. But if you're, you know, talking to a guy, you're trying to get to know him. Ladies, I want, I want to be clear. Um, I honestly think you should ask that brother when is the last time he's watched pornography. And if he doesn't watch pornography, OK, how many movies are you watching that include sex scenes and you're pretending that's not pornography? Because just because it's a good storyline and it made it to the movie theaters doesn't mean that God doesn't view that as sexual sin. Um, and I say that because I, I do know women struggle. We had an episode talking about women struggling with pornography in the past. We had testimonies, women coming forth about how that was an issue, still is an issue for many women. Um, but I know it's something more common in men. And ladies, I, I'm, I'm telling you to ask this to, to those guys you're interested in, those guys that's pursuing you, because you need to know if he's willing to live a life of purity. Because if that brother said, man, you know, I haven't watched it in a year. You may you may think, okay, cool. You know, that's not a problem for him. If he says, I watched it last month, then you're, you know, you might look like, hold on. If he said, I watched it last week, then you know this brother's not serious, you know? And it's not a matter of when's the last time you watched it. You want to see where's the remorse? Are there any steps you've taken to not repeat that? Is there is there something you've set in place? Do you have accountability partners that you don't get driven into that lustful situation again? Is the trigger that caused it? Did you remove that? Um, what made you do so? What are you doing to prevent it again? Um, the type of, those type of things, you know, so it's not a matter of just trying to, you know, interrogate him. But ladies, you need to understand what you're getting yourself into, because those type of guys, they don't want commitment. They want attention. They want to feed their sexual desire, their sexual appetite. But God is not calling single brothers to feed a sexual appetite. He's calling us to a life of purity. Even married men, your sexual appetite needs to be fulfilled by your, your spouse, your spouse alone, not in what you're watching, not in what you're doing in your alone time. You know, so we have to be careful of those things. You know, pay attention. That guy's asking you for nudes. You need to be aware his intentions are very clear at this point. You're seeing the relationship is physical, it's only touching, it's only the sexual flirting, and it's only things like that. And you already know where it's headed. And yeah, those guys, 
very often they'll say they love you because men know how gullible women can get. And women are sedu- men are seduced by what they see. Women are seduced by what they hear. So he'll tell you he loves you and compliments you and all that. But if he can't control his urges, you have to understand he doesn't love you. He, he is lusting after you. So don't make excuses when you see a relationship heading towards sexual temptation. Number three, I want to say, I don't know how to word this properly, but I guess the right way to say it is a man who can't control how they feel. Um, And I'm not saying, oh, baby, I love you so much. No, no, no. I mean, like his emotions guide him. Um, The Bible says in James chapter one and verse eight, a double minded man is unstable in all his ways because we have to understand that. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So that that man, that this verse is telling us if a man is unstable in his walk with God, if a man is double-minded about his walk with God, he's going to be unstable in his finances. He's going to be unstable in his actions. He's going to be unstable in his marriage. He's going to be unstable with school. He's going to be unstable with everything. A man who's not willing to just give everything to God or commit fully to God or a man who's not able to fully commit to you is going to be unstable, um, going to be double-minded in all everything in marriage, you know? He's not sure if he wanted to marry you. So now he's always looking around, you know, flirting with other women. He wasn't sure if he wanted to take this degree, um, get this, do this degree plan. And now he's constantly changing majors every semester. That's what that verse is showing us. There's uh, something wrong with a guy who's not rooted, a guy who allows emotions to simply guide him. Because if a man can't control his emotions, he'll never fully be able to fully lead his family. Um and I know I'm a fast talker, so you guys probably put me on half speed and not regular pace. Um, but Proverbs 25 and 28 in the New Living Translation says this, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. So when we don't know how to control our emotions or when we don't know how to control how we feel, it's like a destroyed city, whereas anyone can break into the city, you know, come in and take whatever they want or do whatever they want. Anyone can harm or anything can harm a brother who just doesn't know how to be rooted in Christ, who just doesn't, is not rooted in himself, whereas he does, he's not, I don't want to say in tune with himself because I feel like I'll be sounding like those people that say vibes and energy and all that type of creepy stuff. (laughs) But when God sees a broken Christian, you know, that's what God sees when we don't learn you know, how to control our emotions. God wants us to to control our emotions because the fruit of the spirit is self-control, you know? So you have to be careful. You're not messing around with guys that are controlling and manipulative because if the fruit of spirit is self-control, why is he controlling where you're going? Why is he controlling what you're wearing? Why is he controlling who you can be friends with? Why is he controlling, you know, it's like whatever you do now belongs to him because this guy, he doesn't know how to control himself. So he's trying to control others. He doesn't know how to to get him his life in order. So he wants to manipulate you. You have to be careful that you don't get around those people because controlling, controlling and manipulation And all those things are not godly traits. Those are things of the devil trying to lead you into their way of life. You know, a person trying to control you instead of pushing you into the presence of God is a clear distraction. God didn't send them to control you. The only thing that should be controlling your life is the Holy Spirit. That's the only thing. You know, if there's a a guy who can't control his anger, um, he lashes out verbally instead of, you know, trying to talk things out, you know, then maybe his attitude is bigger than his prayer life. 
you know, you you did something wrong. Yeah, what's your fault and all that. But he yells at you and he screams at you and makes you feel bad. And he's demeaning and kind of like a, a bully. Please understand that is a problem. Because if a man is verbally abusive, he'll probably become emotionally or physically abusive. And I'm not saying all men do do so. But at the same time, the Bible mentions that anger rests in the bosom of fools. So that's Proverbs. Um, but if you cannot control your anger, then the Bible says you're you're a fool because that's what that's what comes out of you. You're going to produce foolish behavior. You're going to produce a foolish lifestyle when you're not driven. You're when you're driven by emotions rather than by how you feel. Or let's even think about narcissists. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just throwing out things now for people who don't know how to control how they feel. But even narcissists, you know, those are the people that. They're basically obsessed with themselves, you know, or if something happens, even if they're wrong, they find a way to blame you. Um, everything is about them, you know, and, and it's like those type of people, they can't control themselves. They try to control everyone's narrative. They try to control everyone's viewpoint. And it's like those are issues that you need to avoid. Um, but I, I mean, trust me, it's a lot more on that. But that that one is a bit of a, a sticky situation. And I feel like it's weird. It's so hard to to get my thoughts out there like a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> but yeah, you need to avoid the people that are driven by emotions. You need a man who's going to be driven by the Holy Spirit, a man that's going to be driven by the things of God. And you cannot allow yourself to be driven by those type of people that are just manipulative because those are the people that say you want to break up with them. Now nah, God said, you're my spouse. <laughs> and now you don't want to disobey God. So you settle you know, for a nightmare, <laughs> you know, but I'm not going to get into that. We mentioned that God said your best spouse on a previous episode, but I do want to take a minute to stop and give a shout out to today's um, podcast sponsor, BetterHelp. You know, BetterHelp is a resource that I love to tell you guys about because I mentioned often that Christians don't prioritize their mental health. BetterHelp is there to help you though. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And I know my audience is Christian. Yes, they have Christian therapists as well. You'll be able to connect in a safe and private online environment. The counselor can be contacted at any time. Also, you'll be able to set up phone or video calls as you desire. So if you're facing depression, stress, anxiety, anger, or any form of trauma, BetterHelp is there to help you. And they've been hiring more licensed therapists and additional counselors in all 50 states because of the influx of people that have been tuning in. So if you're feeling burdened down, I want you to have a more blessed life, a life that is stress-free. As one of our listeners, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting betterhelp.com godly. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash godly. And the last guy I want to mention that you sisters need to avoid is a lazy man. Listen, let me, let me take a sip of my water because I'm struggling with all this talking I'm doing. Ladies, stay away from a lazy man. Um, God calls men to lead. God calls men 
to, to not just lead at church, but to lead in their homes, to lead in their communities, to lead in our cities, to lead in, in every aspect that we can. God wants men to, to, to take a stand and do things for him. But a lazy man is not willing to do so. He's just content with whatever his wife is doing. You know, stay away from a lazy man, you know, because I believe leading is more than just financial, of course, but men should still work. I'm going to read Proverbs 6, verse 9 through 11 in the NLT. It says, but you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. So there, this is telling us when you're sleeping, there's, there's, there's a lot happening when you're lazy. These guys just want to play video games all day. These guys don't want to work. You know, nine to five is too much for them. And, and I'm not saying you know, I'm against entrepreneur life. Obviously, that's something I'm trying to do, <laughs> you know, but the issue is when a man isn't willing to do anything. That is a problem. And if a man cannot have the zeal to pursue God or to pursue his purpose, don't be fooled when it comes to you. If a man is not willing to to seek after God, he's not willing to seek after you. Those are the type of guys, you know, that get the woman, get the woman, you know, take you out on dates and they show you a nice time. And once they get together, nothing, no effort, no flowers, no chocolate, no nothing. <laughs> you know, it is so easy for us to, 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 to show all that effort in the beginning and then, you know, lay back. And that's why it's key to have discernment, ladies. You know, the goal, the guys, you know, that get married and then they won't work. Oh, my wife makes six figures. Why do I need to work? Oh, my wife um, is serving at the church. Why do I need to serve? Somebody's already doing it. Oh, my wife is taking care of the children. I don't need to take care of the children. Listen, this is more common than maybe some of you think, but there are too many lazy men that think all they need to add in their life is a spouse when they really need to add a job. They need to add a prayer life. <laughs> they need to add a life in general. You know, so ladies, be careful of trying to of not noticing the type of men that are pursuing you. Um, you know, because those guys, you'll be stressed, you'll be a hard worker, you'll be a mom, the kids are screaming, everything is chaotic. And yet he'll come home or he'll already be home on the couch playing video games, watching ESPN, did not cook the food, did not clean the house or do anything, but they expect you to because you're the spouse. Listen, a lazy man does not show the character of Christ because God gave everything to show his love. He gave his life to prove his love for us. He gave everything. So he came here in flesh to save you, showing effort. God could have done it all in heaven. But no, he made a way for him to come down to save us. And that's what we have to understand that a lazy man is not showing the effort of Christ. A man who is driven by anger, controlling his emotions is not showing the, the, the character of Christ. A lustful man is not showing the character of Christ. Being dri Driving you into sin rather than driving you into the presence of God is not God's will. And a man who definitely doesn't have a relationship with God doesn't have the ability to love you the way that God desires for you to be loved. So those are the type of men that I wanted to address in today's episode. I know it was very similar to the one last week, um, the one two weeks ago. I know we addressed the, that pastor situation last week, but I appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, you know, you guys are a blessing. Safa and I have been trying to get on this at the same time forever, and it just does not work. But we love y'all. And as always, we will be seeing you next Thursday. Peace.